Obamacare exposed the, the ignorance to the consumer and the insurance industry's control that it had over health insurance. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative. Today, I'm joined by John Ballinger. John is an insurance industry expert witness, agency CEO, and risk management consultant to corporations, colleges, and religious organizations. His expertise in helping businesses and organizational leaders navigate the complex world of agency regulation, legal risk, and insurance expense management is garnered him a great reputation. John serves as president of the National Association of Christian Athletes, co-founder of Veterans Get Involved, and former chairman of Men's Ministry Network. Ballinger received his undergraduate from American Military University in psychology and was a warrant officer and enlisted soldier in the U.S. Army. He is a father to two and a dutiful, obedient husband I have from his wife. I know that this, this is true. And now, if you are a small business owner, I would like to highly recommend John's services. Uh, he's taken care of my business and personal insurance needs for 13 years. And many insurance agents will sell you something out of sheer force of personality because they're your friend from church or they're your buddy down the street or they're your brother-in-law. But should there be issues or trouble, you may not be properly covered. And if an issue should arise, you may not be represented very well with the insurance company. And John fits both of those bills. I could not recommend him um, higher. He is a dear friend. John, welcome to the program, buddy. Glad to have you here. Thanks, Brandon. I appreciate that. That was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. Well, it, it, you've got a long resume, bud. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it piles up over the years. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to talk about uh, what, I, what I said earlier, the most complex uh, insurance product in America. That is. Well, we're going to get right into it. Before we do that, um, Tell me a little bit about your family, what you do in your spare time. I always like to open up my interviews with this. What do you do when you're not civically involved? I mean, do you have any hobbies or interests? Because what do you like? What's something about you that you enjoy doing that most people wouldn't know about? Um, I love to cut grass on my Kubota tractor in Blue Ridge, Georgia. Most, <laughs> <laughs> most people don't under the the amount of reading and working and things that I've learned to going into that property and just getting on that tractor and cutting grass really just takes my mind off everything. Plus it's gorgeous. What, you know, a lot of people like mowing their grass. A lot of men like, it gives me something to do. I'm the same way. I love to go camping because it is a long series of chores interrupted by brief periods of rest. And so your mind, you don't have time to think about work or anything else because you got it you got to cook something you got to chop something you got to arrange something you got to tinker with something so right. I, it just gives your mind a rest it gives you your body and mind something to work on that's not as complex as what you may be doing day to day so i get exactly. it anything else well I, I do enjoy reading um educating and i am learning that i enjoy podcasts uh i'm in the process of working on two different podcasts and I've learned that I enjoy that venue of being able to just speak about what I've learned over the years uh, on specific topics and then communicating that in a very clear, concise manner. Well, very, well I hope you, you do that today. I hope <laughs> you do that today. <laughs> so let's get in. Let's 
let's talk about what has happened as it relates to health insurance in our country. And I'm not sure when this happened, and you probably have the better idea of it than I do, but at some point, people got confused about what health insurance is. And they think that health insurance is you give somebody a dollar and you take out $10 worth of healthcare services, and it's supposed to erase or mitigate any expense related to your healthcare needs. Like once you buy health insurance, then it, it is supposed to cover all expenses and people are very confused about the costs and you know, they, they wanna pay a penny and take a pound. So talk about health insurance, what, is, what it is supposed to be and how it used to be perhaps understood. Sure, so as I said earlier before the show started, we need to delineate the conversations that we're having in America about health insurance and health care because they're two different topics. And what's happened is the industry and Americans have put blended both those together and say, you know, if I have health insurance, that means I have health care and that health care should be paid for because I paid for health insurance. Mm -hmm. They're two different topics. Now, where did it go off the rails? Back in the seventies. Um, it, it, there used to be what was called an HMO model. And, um, there was a very large corporation that is headquartered in one of their head, uh, headquarters in Tennessee. And they decided that we needed to go to this PPO model because consumers would really love to have a choice of where they went to a doctor. Well, when you open up the marketplace and go to anywhere that that PPO platform allows you to go, those doctors can charge whatever they want. And then the cost containment goes down drastically where at HMO, you had, you had your health maintenance organization. It told you where to go and get your services at. And it can control those costs because it knew how much it was paying for services. And the insurance industry knew how much they were paying because they were pre-negotiated on a PPO plan. You're just wide open. And, and so that was really where in the seventies, and I knew by the time that I really got into this business in the nineties into two thousands, it was going to implode because there was no way that people could continue going to anywhere and getting a service without understanding the cost associated with that service. That was, it was bound to uh, be a disaster, which Obamacare created that. It, it, I think exposed it, Brandon is a good word. Obamacare exposed the, the ignorance to the consumer and the insurance industry's control that it had over health insurance. Well, you, you talk about not really understanding what costs are, and I'm a cash pay client. We use MediShare, and uh, service is great. Coverage is reasonable. It is truly, it's not, it's cost sharing. It's not medical insurance, but it serves the same function. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know what things cost, and I ask questions about what they're going to cost because I'm going to pay for them. Most people have no idea what a routine doctor's office visit cost? How much should a physical exam cost? How much should a appendectomy cost? I mean, things that, you know, that you may or may not have to go get as a consumer. And um, that disconnect, I mean, and people know what a gallon of milk costs. People know what a gallon of gas costs. People have an idea, a rough approximation of what a vehicle or a home should cost. But when it comes to healthcare services, people are completely clueless and, and, and everything is so disconnected that, that the 
I guess the mechanism in the free market that normally regulates price through competition and consumer awareness is just absent. Well, and you don't, you're too young to remember, you're a young man. And so you're too young to remember this, <laughs> but used to pre seventies, when you went to the doctor, you actually had to file your own claim. You left the doctor with, here's what the doctor did. I have coverage that I pay a small amount for, and I would have to file my own claim. I remember my parents filing a claim and thinking as a kid. So they're leaving the doctor, filling out their own claim information and sending it in to their healthcare provider uh, instead of a large organization filling out, kind of being the, what I call a TPO, a third-party administrator. Yeah, exactly. The consumer, the consumer saw prices. They don't see those anymore. They get that EOB in that says, you had this done, this, this uh, surgical procedure or procedure completed, and the charge was this, but because you're in their networks, this, and so we're going to pay this and you're going to pay that. It's such a confusing maze that most people have no idea. Well, obviously health insurance premiums and medical expenses paid through traditional insurance have, have spiraled out of control in recent years. Talk about how large insurance corporations and government entanglement has led to the artificial inflation of insurance premiums and medical expenses. When I read that question, um, I looked at uh, 2019 figures for the health insurance industry. And last year they collected $968 billion in premiums. And if you think that's just one year, 906, so almost a trillion dollars was collected by health insurance companies alone in, in 2019. And when you think about that for a second, it's, it's 329 million of that was, uh, 329 billion of that was pharmaceutical. Wow. So what's happened, and we'll discuss this, but what's happened is the rise of the pill box has created that by 2025, regulators and health insurance companies say, that 50% of the cost of a health insurance premium will be directly related to uh, pharmaceuticals. Wow. Well, I, I know for one thing that's interesting in my case, I remember um, I was working for Congressman Desjardins and I was not feeling very well. And um, we were, we'd come back, we'd been on the campaign trail for a while and he, I said, I'm not feeling well. He said, well, lay down on the couch here, take your shirt off. Because he's a practicing physician, he taps around says, you got to have your appendix out tomorrow. You can have a scan if you want to, but you're going to have to have your appendix out. Of course, I had the scan, and then I had my appendix out. And uh, and I went there, and I and I told them I had insurance. And I said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't have insurance. What's the cash pay price? And my cash pay price was a fifth of my negotiated rate through the insurance company. Why do I need an organization? to negotiate a, 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 a basically 500% increase in what I would pay in the free market. So how, how is it that the cash pay price and these concierge doctors, like the one that, that I use, which I get great service from at a very reasonable cost with no insurance entanglement, how, how is it that the negotiated insurance rates, why are they so inflated? And why are people overpaying? Uh, what's causing that? So have, have you heard the term, you must price up to show a discount? Yes. You know, you know we, we've seen that uh, you, 
40% sell right now. Yeah. And then you're thinking, well, did they mark it up to mark it down? Well, back in the 70s, like I said, when HMO started, or when PPO started and started taking over from HMOs, there was a gra- there's been a gradual increase of here's the discount that we are getting Brandon Lewis for his health insurance so that he stays loyal to us as a, as a health insurance provider. And so we felt like, oh, wow, man, this procedure could have cost $10,000, but because I'm a member of this health insurance company, because you are members of your association that you belong to with that health insurance provider, whether you knew it or not, it is an association. And because you're a member, this is what we pre-negotiated for you. And when you saw that, you thought, man, those guys are knocking it out of the park for me, not knowing what the true cost of that care was. All you saw was, wow, look what they discounted for me. I'm going to renew next year with them because I appreciate what they're doing for me. And that soon, that cost of uh, colonoscopy between Cleveland, Tennessee and Chattanooga became 400% difference because doctor networks, hospital networks kept pricing up to price down so that they could negotiate on behalf of their members. And there was all this gray area that nobody knew what the true costs were. And there was a gentleman, by, he, was a, he was an MD that went to law school and created an organization called healthcarebluebook.com that is a pricing transparency tool that is used by large corporations and Americans have just not caught on to shopping. If, if a procedure was needed, going to healthcarebluebook.com and finding out what the true cost of that care was. Wow. So healthcarebluebook.com, you'd recommend that for people. Absolutely. To, if you're going to have a medical procedure, if you're thinking about doing something that could be expensive, whether it's elective or if it, it, it's actually required, you would go there and take it. So it's kind of like Kelly Blue Book. It's, it's exactly, a, it's I, I, met, I met with the, the, the owner or the founder of the organization in 2008 when he created it. I drove to Nashville, met with him and knew at the time, I said, this, this gentleman's onto something. He left his practice, became a lawyer so that he could understand how to navigate the system that it would allow him to pressure networks and providers to, to turning over information to him so he could create Healthcare Blue Book. Huh. Well, we're going to get into another question, but first, uh, if you would, if you're watching this and you're enjoying the program, if you would consider subscribing to our YouTube channel, social media platforms, and if you like what we're doing uh, with our conservative reporting, because we do not have any conservative media outlets in Chattanooga, Tennessee, please do go to tennesseeconservativenews.com slash support, or just go to the main page, click the red support button. And when you do, you will get a handy dandy, proud Tennessee conservative bumper sticker. I'll actually throw in two for the cost of one when you give any donation whatsoever. And we'll also put in there a bonus directory of every elected official in Hamilton County, which I'm sure they love those being handed out. So if there is something coming down the pike that you don't agree with, or if there's something that you want to get behind, you can have your voice heard because that's how we keep our government responsible is that we have to be active and engaged. So please do go to tennesseeconservativenews.com slash support. So John, if you had to guess how much of every healthcare dollar that is paid through insurance, how much of it is artificial and represents zero value to the consumer or the provider of healthcare services, for example, and I've heard of this number over and over again, and I'm sure it's probably getting worse by the day, 
you know, the federal government gets a dollar and it basically turns around and puts 20 cents of it to work. By the time it gets through that large mechanism between the inefficiencies compared to private industry and all of the expense that's just lost in that, that bureaucracy, that, that's about what the applicable dollar is. So if you're gonna spend $100 in health insurance or, or health uh, related uh, services, through uh, health insurance, and if it's within, you know, if it's within that, um, if it's within that deductible range, what studies have you seen on how much of that healthcare dollar actually ends up being delivered somewhere around market rate? So I actually have a chart that shows the 2018 figures for the question you're asking, and um, what I would tell you is that out of a one dollar health insurance premium. 53.4 cents is pharmaceutical and doctor visits. Okay. Okay. 17.4 cents is administrative. So if you take those two figures and just think about $1 just on doctor visits, pharmaceuticals, and administrative costs, you've soaked up 70 plus cents of that $1 without ever walking into a hospital office. So that means essentially that most of our health insurance premiums are just going to routine doctor visits and I'm on cholesterol medication or hypertension or whatever it is. Well, let me ask you a, a, a related question. How much of, when you look at negotiated insurance rates for XYZ procedure, XYZ doctor visit, I mean, if once you're in independently employed like I am, and if you get on MediShare, which I've been on ever since Obamacare, I mean, it, it multiplied my premium by like 300%, and I, it was unaffordable, and the Unaffordable Care Act. And so I had to switch. And so I've, I've become very cognizant of what things cost because I'm just paying them out of pocket. We've got a $5,000 family deductible, and uh, we've never gotten close, even with having two children. Uh, we've never gotten close to the deductible because we did home births. And uh, one time I traded a house. I painted a house for our first one to be born. <laughs> I bartered <laughs> with the midwife. But at any rate, uh, when you look at that negotiated rate, how far is that negotiated rate typically from the, the blue book market value? What kind of, and I'm sure there's different discrepancies depending on the type of procedure but do you have any knowledge of, of how far those are apart? I would say that they're probably, Brent, I mean, from Hamilton County to Wilson County, Williamson County, uh, hundreds of percent difference. California from Tennessee, thousands of percent difference. And the true cost of, like you alluded to earlier, um, the, I mean, we're talking about hundreds and thousands of percents of difference. That's what I tell you. It's it's so complicated that it, if you took every procedure and you took the actual anesthesia, the medical services, the facility services, all those things that are wrapped up in the cost of a procedure and looked at the cost, just the hospital bed, the bedpan, the aspirin, there's been this joke going around for years, why is an aspirin $10 on a healthcare plan? 
you know, when you get your EOBs in. It's yeah. because all that built-in cost is so inflated to mark up, to mark down, to get the profit dollars that they need in the industry. And the profit dollars are incredibly insane. If you look at the, the profit dollars that health insurance companies are buying like CVS. We had a large health insurance company buy a brick and mortar pharmaceutical store to dispense pharmaceuticals. I mean, think about the, the profit dollars it took to pay billions and billions of dollars for, for a, a pharmaceutical location like CVS did. Wow. Well, I mean, brick and mortar is expensive. Employees are expensive. Real estate is expensive. And heating and cooling those places and, and keeping the maintenance up and the roof up. And the, I mean, all that stuff's very expensive. Somebody's got to pay for that. Um, well, I use MediShare um, and a lot of people are who are self-employed have gone down that, that, and as I mentioned, it's, it's been affordable. It's been easy to, to navigate. Uh, how much of, of the expense is caught up if you had to guess and, and help receiving healthcare and simply the, the doctor's administrative expense of getting paid. And I'll tell you what's interesting. When I go to my physician, who's a great, his name's Carlton Volberg, free plug for Dr. Volberg does a great comprehensive job, is not going to just load you up with pills. He runs Ironmans and triathlons, so he's very health conscious. He's not just a, you know, let's let's fix all your problems with me. Well, then no, let's fix some of your problems with you. And um, you go into his office, and it's him, and it's two nurses. You look around, there's no billing clerk. There's nobody shuffling papers. There's nobody having, there's not, there's not, two people for every healthcare provider wrestling with the insurance company. Mm -hmm. And it, it's easy. You just get your care. I mean, it, it costs what it costs. You ring out at the register, just like if you'd gotten a pizza at the, if you'd gotten a pizza at, at a pizza shop, or if you'd gotten your tires aligned at a mechanic shop, how much of that expense is, is probably being sucked up in these medical care providers just trying to get paid from insurance companies and get the money back and get it processed. I would, I would guess make 50 to 60% of every dollar that they've had to charge. They've had to wrestle. They've had to have someone in their office or contract to an organization in order to not only just bill the services based on each network and each provider that they see, which is getting more difficult to find a doctor that will accept specific healthcare plans, especially government run healthcare plans, because the reimbursement rates are so low. And so they're saying, well, we just, we don't even want to deal with that. You can't, if you have that, you can't see it. We're not going to see you. But um, normally if, if you're having to float 180 days until you get paid as a small business owner, you have to increase the cost because yeah. you're basically what you're financing the health insurance until you get paid. It's exactly what you're doing. I mean, you essentially have to take six months of operating income for your entire business, your personal payroll, your the payroll of your people, the building, the lights, everything, and you have to self-finance it. And the only way you can do that is by marking up your services. That's right. That's and, and it's that's, just like every contractor that I know. And it people, I mean, people act like medical is any different than anything. You're a dude in a box and people come to you for service. It's no different than auto mechanics. And I worked at a vet's office, seventh grade to 12th grade. They're just mechanics, right? They're just, they, we, 
we, we treat them differently. We put them in white lab coats. We call them doctor, but they're just mechanics, right? They're just working on the human body. And, you know, sometimes you just got to make your best guess and go with it. That's all they can do. Mm-hmm. But you, you work in that environment and you see that if, if, you, if you're a contractor, even if you like, for example, I've got a friend that runs fiber optics for Walmart. When he has a, 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 a client that's a pain in the you-know-what, guess what his prices do? They go up 30, 40% just because he is a business owner. He gets to make the decision. He's like, if I'm going to deal with these people, they're going to pay through the nose for it. And if I'm going to have to wait for my money, they're going to pay through the nose for it. That is human nature. And that is the nature of business. And so when you put all of that artificial um, complexity, when you put all of that um, non-value add negotiation and administrative overhead in a small doctor's practice, they have to raise their prices 40, 50% just to cover dealing with it. And mm-hmm. people don't understand that health insurance, by its nature of being highly regulated and being very administrative, the health insurance is actually what's increasing your health care expense. The health insurance itself, the yes. thing that you are getting because it's supposed to make it cheaper, actually makes it more expensive. And well, that's why doctors want. That's why doctors want to actually run away from accepting health insurance because they would rather be in the practice of medicine and not billing and floating health insurance. Exactly. When you go to medical school, you go to medical school because you want to work on people to help people to solve body problems. Thank God there's somebody that does it. I would not ever be good at that. That would not be some, you would not want to come to Dr. Brandon. He would, you know, I have a terrible bedside manner and I would probably not be good at fixing you. So it would just not be good. But, (laughs) but the, but you look at that and then all of a sudden now this person who went, who has a personality for doing X ends up having to now become an administrative expert those are two things that typically as a as a as an owner that do not pair very well together the technician and in the administrative state and now they're having to deal with it and that's you know my doctor does not accept insurance and there's no lines there's no weights you get to spend a whole hour in there with them because he's not trying to process five people to get paid for one he can give you good expert advice he's not in a rush he's not in a hurry if you need help, you can get it. He can work you in. He's got flexibility in his schedule. It's what healthcare used to be before insurance and government ruined it as they do everything they touch. So let's talk about pre-existing conditions. And there are under, understandably concerned people about this. I mean, I've, I've got a couple, um, very small. Like I've got an issue with where, you know, I went to the doctor because I had benign fasciculation in my legs and it just, and just, twitches ain't nothing I can do about it but if one day something should happen god forbid and that turns into you know ALS or something because it could I mean that's the whole reason I went through that whole needle test was to make sure that I did not have some kind of you know you know um, muscle disorder or, or some kind of uh, muscular dystrophy and so people were worried about pre-existing conditions and it makes sense you could have heart issues you could have stroke you could have any any number of issues so what is the most practical way for this problem to be solved without having a massive impact on the health insurance prices and premiums for everyone? We always 
seem to be building our healthcare system around the worst possible outcome, as if everyone needs pregnancy insurance, even if you're a man, as if everyone, we try to do this one size fits all based on the worst part of the population and the biggest problem. And we try to ruin it for the general population instead of just dealing with those people that have that specific malady. Can you talk a little bit about how pre-existing conditions should be covered and how they are currently covered? So uh, when pre-existing conditions were mandated, the health insurance companies did what was called max rated every insurance policy. They assumed that everyone that was going to buy an insurance contract from them had a pre-existing condition of some kind. And in, uh, in the old way of doing things, if you had a condition, they would rate you up for it based on your specific condition. And they had a chart. You know, that so if you had like your condition, they would say, well, the likelihood actuarially of this becoming an actual issue 10 years from now is X. So we need to increase some costs to be able to cover that in the event it happens. Well, when Obamacare happened and they had to cover it, everybody just, they max rated every policy. Okay. What, and pre-existing conditions should be covered. Let me, let me make that very clear because myself or no one knows really what's going on with their body at any given time. Something could happen and an insurance company does a great job of spiraling around uh, doctor's diagnosis to say, well, you lied on your application. That was a pre-existing condition. We're not going to cover it. They are excellent at doing that. So pre-existing conditions should be covered. Now, how do we control the cost? This is simple. It goes back to healthcarebluebook.com. There was a study Forbes magazine did that says if we're going to buy a new TV or a new cell phone or a new car, we'll spend up to 40 hours researching that purchase before we actually spend the money. I agree. It's the, I think I also saw one from Synchrony that I use with our guys that the average American spends 68 days uh, making a $500 uh, major home purchase. That's how long they wait from the time that they think about it to the time they purchase. And I think it was 30% of those people will go into the store three to four times to physically look at the item before purchasing it. Mm -hmm. And, but we won't take time to work on healthcare related items, which we should, because we all gripe about the cost we're paying. So we, we as consumers must participate in our health care, which will reduce our health insurance. That's, that's the quick and easy way. The AMA says that in a, in a person's life, by the time they purchase their first health insurance policy till they uh, get on Medicare, Medicaid, the average, keep in mind I'm saying average, person only consumes $25,000 in hospital-related benefits. Now, that sounds about right. And, and, it, and it does. But if you think about a family of four right now is paying anywhere from fifteen dollars to $2,200 a month for health insurance with a $2,500 deductible, the insurance industry is asking for $25,000 from you before they participate in paying claims. So if you think about those two figures, $25,000 a year, $25,000 for a lifetime, there is enough money brought in through health insurance premiums to be able to cover pre-existing conditions and lower healthcare costs if 
we all learn, and that's the hospital networks, the doctor networks, the consumer, and the health insurance companies, if we all learn how to manage ourselves properly. But none, those four entities, Brandon, were not at the table when Obamacare was created. And all four of those entities are the ones that are inside the health insurance, healthcare world. And so the doctors weren't even at the table when they talked about this, but they're the providers. Mm. Well, let's talk about prescription drugs. We've been talking about that. And there are a lot of, and I'm thankful to be living in a time when there are a lot of low cost remedies out there for routine issues. I mean, cholesterol, I mean, things that, you know, typically call, cause you to keel over, right? High blood pressure. I mean, it used to be I mean, a long time ago, people just died of it. Didn't know they had it, routinely right. died of it. Now, like pennies, pennies a day, you can get on something that'll take care of it. Now, you should do it with diet and exercise, but most people won't. So let's give them a pill, cholesterol, all kinds of things, um, effective antibiotics. And so they're really quite affordable, but occasionally people find themselves in a position where they need some kind of expensive cancer drug, or they've got Look, my friend Matt Robbins, who passed away this year, Crohn's disease, and you have some kind of obscure issue, and the only way that that, that you can live a, a life with either managed pain or or reduction of of um, symptoms is to be on some kind of expensive medication. So, what are you seeing that works for your average Joe who needs a way to lower prescription costs? or that find themselves in a situation where they, they need some kind of cutting edge prescription and they simply can't afford it? Well, there are, just like healthcarebluebook.com uh, creates pricing transparency on medical procedures, there are multiple websites. Uh, GoodRx is one, for example. You can actually go out and search if I need a prescription in this zip code and it'll come up with the various providers and what the costs associated with those are. Because another thing Obamacare did is it allowed uh, health insurance companies to change their cost factors monthly instead of annually. So when a healthcare provider was, was participating in paying a lot of RX for specific drugs, they had to just pay it. And if the pharmaceutical companies went up on their costs, they had nothing, they just had to pay it. Well, now the health insurance companies every 10, 10 or every month can change the top 10. And so you can have a copay and a prescription cost one month of a particular drug and go to your provider the next month and it'd be a totally different cost. Hmm. And so, and so if you go to CVS, for example, and last month you, it was a $10 copay. And now this month it's not covered under your generics. Now it's a, it's a mid or an upper tier drug. And now they're going to say, well, you got to pay $300 for that. I'm like, well, I only paid $10 last month for it. Well, too bad. You could actually go down the street and get that same $10 because another provider may be paying less than that provider that you paid for. It is literally a complex maze. Well, I agree. I mean, it, and it aggravates me. I feel like when I go to get prescription drugs, because I don't have health insurance, so I don't have a little card to hand them. I have MediShare, which I have a MediShare card, and but I have found that GoodRx is better than anything else that I've, you know, related with MediShare. But I feel like I'm at the flea market. I feel like I'm at the damned flea market. I'm sitting there at the register, and I'm like, asking, how much is this? 
Well, what could you do for me? <laughs> exactly. What could you? That's what I say. What can you do for me? And I have to pull out my phone. Well, look, I got this. The booth down the street says. I mean, it's like I mean, it's ridiculous. And I understand. I mean, that's and that probably is just life. You think you know, I'm not supposed to negotiate with health related expenses? Well, of course you are. And you should, just like you do with cars, just like you do. But, you, you know, you in your mind, you get this idea that it should be flat and known. And it's it's neither of those two things. And I have found it's like, oh, it was eighty three dollars now because I said, what can you do for me? You walk over to the computer, you dilly dally on that stupid machine for 10 minutes. You come back out there. It's we found something. We found a way to get it to you for thirteen seventy five. I'm like, really? So you just wanted to screw me out of $60 five minutes ago, but yeah. now you found a way. And I'm, it's just so, uh, it, it, it seems so unethical and shady. It is. I would tell you that on the, lar on the larger cost drugs, go straight to the manufacturer. I mean, bypass every outlet and go straight to the manufacturer because the manufacturers are required to give so much of their prescriptions away for free. And so they have internally, that's just one of the things that is mandated. Um, and, and if you can't afford it and you fill out an application that says that I can't afford it, then they, they will send you those drugs at no cost. Well, there it is worth watching the whole show, guys. So if you got something really expensive, give it a try I and mean, get give it a shot. What's the worst yeah. that can happen? Yeah, and 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 they only have so much that they're required to give away. So if you like, if you call and say, well, the, you know, we may have given all away that we could give this year, but just know that if it's not that manufacturer of that specific drug, the doctor says, well, here's another drug that's very similar to that. Call that manufacturer, but don't give up. That's good advice. So as someone who makes, you know, you're living in, I know you're in the insurance industry, you do a lot more consulting and risk management work than just simply selling insurance policies, although you do that as well. What do you see coming down the pike that might revolutionize the insurance marketplace? I mean, I know with Biden and this new administration coming in, I think they're just going to make things worse and try to muck it up for the next few years. They hate the market. They hate the free market. They hate people having options and control over their health care because it does not put them in the driver's seat. But number one, do you see any hope from the government on this issue? And if you don't see any hope from the government on this issue, do you see any hope from the private sector? Is there anything that, that makes you hopeful that, that we can watch a lot of this regulation and, and corporate and administrative expenses go away and for people to, to get back to a, a place where they they actually have affordable health care services and, and the distinction between health care, you know, insurance and health care services are made more clear. What do you think? Yeah, it, I think it's our last question, isn't it? It is. I'm going to go out with a bang. You ready? All right, let's do it. <laughs> have you heard of the gentleman's name, Warren Buffett, Jamie Dimon or Jeff Bezos? Yes. Okay. Did you realize that three years ago, those guys were so upset about their healthcare costs that they created their own uh, conglomerate to put, bring all their employees under an umbrella and create their own health insurance carrier? Did you know that? Did not know that. Yeah. So the answer to the question is very simple. That There is an IRS tax code called a 501c9. And if you research that, it allows 
common employees in a common industry to come together under an umbrella and create their own healthcare plan. And it's been done for years. Obviously, if it's a tax code, um, the IRS created it and they created it for a reason, but large corporations mostly use this or large associations, but policemen associations do it, uh, firemen associations. But what I think is going to revolutionize not just health insurance, but insurance is that people coming together and pooling their own monies and resources together and then self-managing instead of having to pay somebody else this exorbitant cost to manage it for them. And, and so association-based care is going to, I feel like, using Healthcare Blue Book type of products and good RX products and things like that, you're going to be able to administer your own care with the technology that's afforded. And that's basically what those three guys did. And they're, I mean, they're billionaires, but they said for us to control our costs with all of our employees, we need to use technology and existing processes that, that are available through the tax code and the government in order to control our healthcare costs. Well, I hope so. I know that, you know, the Home Builders Association, I was just on the phone with one of my coaching clients and, um, you know, they're, they're redoing their entire, they got a, it runs about two or $3 million company and uh, they're redoing all of their insurance through the, the Home Builders Association. Mm-hmm. He's just a painting contractor, but they've got good programs and that's really, people have been, people at large corporate employers have, have, have been scared to death. Uh, on insurance, thinking that it's if you don't work for a Cadillac company, it's unaffordable. You can't have health care, and it's just not the case. It's not no. true. But the average American is so dependent and used to their employer for their health care insurance that 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 benefit has held a lot of people captive in jobs and in places that they don't want to work simply because they're afraid that their their health um, expenses won't be covered. But there's always, you know, a big one thing, if you're older and you do have a pre-existing condition and you are in and out of the doctor's office a lot, it's a big issue. But for a lot of younger people and middle-aged folks in good health, there are all kinds of ways to solve your health care problems. But you just can't think of your health insurance as being a ticket to ride every, every ride in the park for free. With no, this is this is not a fast pass at Disneyland. You, so you can check in and out of doctor's offices, you know, and, and make bad choices. It's really just, it's there to keep you from going bankrupt. And if if you have a catastrophic event, everything else, you just need to negotiate and pay for in the marketplace so you get the best value for your dollar. Is there anything that we haven't covered or talked about that you want to close out with, John? I will leave you with this. Before Obamacare, before the government really started sticking their fingers into the health insurance world, the American Medical Association had what was called a high deductible healthcare plan for doctors. And I remember reading it as I was reading all this information about cost and care and things like that. And it had a $25,000 deductible. It was that, it was that truly something catastrophic happened. Yeah. And it was $50 and 53 cents a month. Because if you take the figures that we talked about today with that $1, the cost that's on the hospital side is so minimal that creating a healthcare plan for just the catastrophic events is very affordable. What we have to do is we have to control that RX doctor visits, those things. Once you control that, you control healthcare cost. Well, that makes sense to me. So basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to fix big, we're trying to fix 
the unusual and the uncommon problem by changing everyone's policy, which doesn't work. You, you fix unusual and uncommon problems by going to the source and fixing those and addressing those. And as you mentioned previously, all of that has been conflated into one thing. Mm. And that's why expenses have run them up. Well, John, I want to thank you so much for coming on the program today. Uh, you certainly opened my eyes about uh, a few issues. If you have enjoyed this program, please go to tennesseeconservativenews.com and click the red support button. It helps us uh, fund what we do here, keep the overhead going, keep our reporters reporting on state and local issues from a conservative perspective. John, thank you for being here today, and Happy New Year, buddy. You too, Brent. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Well, guys, I'm Brandon Lewis with the Tennessee Conservative. Until next time, I'm signing off.